Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Cuts up across the five. Turpin diving to the end zone and he's in for the touchdown. 39 nothing Dallas. Rodgers gets up with a little bit of a limp. Kind of favoring that left leg it looked like. Now Rodgers going to go to the ground. He is injured here. He back the rookie Gibson. Under the ball looking into the lights. Makes the catch against his chest. 35. Break the tackle. 40. Comes to the near side of the block. It's time for the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips is going to be great. Presented by Telemore Do. Because when it's game time, it's telly time. Now, here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and filling in for Mully, David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemore Do. Bears on the short end of another game in Tampa. 27-17 losers to the Buccaneers. They had the ball, they had the drive, they had the opportunity, and they blew it. The Bears lose again. They fall to 0-2. They're staring at 0-3 with the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium next Sunday in Kansas City. But enough of that looking ahead. Let's look at this one. Boy, is this one hard to break down, but we will do it anyway with Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley. I'm David Haw here for two hours taking your phone calls and your reaction. It'll be raw, it'll be real, but we, will, we want to talk to you at 312-644-6767. Olin, Patrick, let's start with Olin. Boy, that was a gut punch. I don't think the Bears' defense played well enough to win that game, and yet Justin Fields and the offense were in a position to make that happen with two minutes and 27, 24 seconds left with the ball at the seven-yard line. The pick six did the final damage, the dagger, and the Bears suffer loss number two. Yeah, we're just talking about this game, right? We're looking at it. It's just it was missed opportunities. Is whether Brisker dropped that interception on the first drive, whether it's a missed tackle, uh, missed sack, uh, and not completing balls when wide receivers are open. It just the offense was bad for a big chunk of the game. Uh, first drive was really good. You got really excited when you watch Fields. Uh, you know, very decisive with the ball in the opening drive, getting the ball to DJ Moore. Khalil Herbert ran really hard today. Didn't look like the hot weather affected him at all today. But, uh, again, the Bears end up not making the plays, Pat, that they need to make to win these games. Yeah, I'm just sitting here looking at all my notes from the game, and I try to put it all, summarize it, you know, down to kind of what's a, a little breakdown of the game, kind of a simple one. And all, my, all I have now is the same as last week. Third down with the defense mm-hmm. was terrible. Third and long, couldn't get off the field. Fields was really inconsistent again. Yeah, he had that nice drive at the end of the game, but I think they could dic- dictate that a little bit with the no huddle and, and keeping the certain defense on there. Maybe that's something they do in the future more. And then again, no takeaways. This defense is predicated on takeaways. So those three things right there, same thing we saw first week. We're seeing it again this week. And I hate to say it because we talked about it a lot last year with Mully and uh, the post game was just they don't have the talent to make the plays. And Olin, you're right. You got to make that. You got to make that interception. 
You got to get the quarterback on the ground. You got to make those big plays to change the outcome, and they're just not getting it done. Justin Fields, 16 to 29, 211 yards, six, six sacks, guys, six sacks. He held on to the ball a long time. We'll get into that, but still sacked six times. Passer rating 61.1. The real difficult plays to accept, especially when the hopes were built where they were. Had the ball, two minutes, 24 seconds. I, I referenced that play, and it was a pick six. Shaq Barrett takes it back, and it was a screen pass. He didn't see him. Olin, can you break down that play as best you can remember and what was going through your head as it happened? The screen pass for a touchdown you're talking yeah. about, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there was a game on the front side of the screen pass. They switched it off, but obviously with the screen, how many screens the Bears have run uh, this year? Shaquille Barrett, uh, veteran guy expecting screen in that situation. Sees Khalil Herbert turn, uh, realizes the, the, the old linemen are just letting him go to get to the quarterback. And, and plays the screen well and picks it off there. So, uh, you know, Getsy, we talked about that you run screens because they're expecting the pass. Uh, in that situation, you probably have to pass because they're expecting the screen. So uh, <laughs> that's pretty much my breakdown of that play right there. We're just going to the screen well too many times, which it seems that Coach Getsy does. Uh, anytime he's in trouble or he's in a bad situation down in distance-wise, doesn't mean that screen is a bad call. It just means it's a bad call if you go to that every time. Pat? Yeah, I just think that's a great breakdown. Again, that's the, me talking about the Bears not having the players. That Shaquille Barrett is a player. He's a veteran that knows what he's doing. He read it quickly, like you said. Sees the back, sees the, uh, the O-line. I don't know if Justin Fields could have seen him or not. Maybe you can tell more from the All-22, but he just made a play. And that's the thing the Bears teams have not done the last few years. They don't have a player step up and make a play. They don't. Yeah, if you look at that right before that, right, guys? If you look right before that, Getsy talked about details. He talked about mm-hmm. details on every play. Well, Chase Claypool is running out immediately on the screen and blocking his guy. A detail yes. on that play is you have to wait a little while, run your route, slow play it, and then start blocking. At that point in time, Justin Fields had just completed all six of his passes on the previous drive, was feeling hot and feeling confident, and, and probably deserves uh, more than the, the benefit of the doubt that people will give him now. I think it's going to be difficult to look at the big picture without having that one play in the end color your entire perception of everything that happened. And I know this is you know five minutes after the loss, but when you look at Fields' play – it again was uneven. It again was one of those examples where on those sacks, he held on to the ball a very long time. You don't know whether uh, to blame the lack of protection or blame a young quarterback for not being able to get rid of the football, but there was a combination of both. In the end, though, guys, I just wonder if the biggest takeaway from this loss around town this week will be Justin Fields had a chance to take his team down the field for a potential game-tying field goal or game-winning touchdown and threw a pick six instead. Yeah, my thoughts are this, though, but it's his inconsistent play led to that situation. If he completes some of those balls earlier, doesn't hold on to the balls and take the sacks, they're not in that situation. Maybe they have a drive like they did uh, the first drive of the game. Maybe have one or two more of those and put more points on the board, and they're not sitting in that position. I just – I need to see more from him. I just – you know, it's amazing now that the narrative is he holds on to the ball, he can't see – the open receiver. Now you're seeing the TV copies start showing that to prove to everybody he's not making the throws. And it's, you know, it's a little disturbing now that we can actually see it before we get to see the all 22. But his inconsistencies are just too much for me right now for starting what 27 games. 
Yeah, just not the start we wanted from Justin Fields in this city, especially with all the hope on the fact that we finally had our franchise quarterback. We wanted him to make these plays to put the Chicago Bears over the top against whether it be the Green Bay Packers or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, and besides that first drive and that drive there in the fourth quarter, uh, he's looked unsure in the pocket, right? He's looked like he doesn't want to get the ball out quickly. Uh, we haven't seen that big dynamic run from him yet this year. So uh, again, now we're all taking a step back and saying, you know, is is Justin Fields the guy? Is it like like David talked about? Is it the offensive line on him? There was six sacks. Some of those uh, sacks today were very obvious that they weren't on the offensive line. He was holding onto the ball uh, way too long on some of those plays and not getting on. He didn't, didn't even seem like guys. He had that clock in his head today where eventually you take off and move around in the pocket. And I heard Moose talking a lot on the on the on the TV copy about, you know, why don't they move the pocket? Why don't they change his launching point? Why don't they boot him out? Why don't they run sprints? Uh, same thing I was thinking while I was watching the game. But today, uh, I, I, and like Pat talked about, the worried part about this year is uh, do, did the Bears give Justin Fields enough talent where we could evaluate him. And if we are evaluating him right now, uh, it's not very good. (laughs) The Bears defense gives up 437 yards and only 27 points. Actually, they gave up 20 points because of the the defensive touchdown. It wasn't a game you felt like they, at least I felt like watching, they ever were – in necessarily because the way that Bucks were moving the ball way too easily, they didn't have the points, but they did have the yards. Baker Mayfield essentially took advantage of uh, an injured Bears secondary where Eddie Jackson went down, Jaquan Brisker left the game, came back, and they picked on Tyreek Stevenson with Mike Evans, who is an elite wide receiver, and Chris Godwin took advantage of the weaponry. But I never felt like, guys, and Patrick will go to you, did you ever sense that this Bears – team was going to leave with the victory given how poor the defense played all day long no I wasn't because what kept what kept killing me was the third and longs those third downs I mean those are those are morale killers you know not just for for the defense on the field for everybody because you're expecting Olin you're standing on the sideline ready for the punt team to come out there or the punt return team to come out there you're expected to go out there and run your offense and we've seen too many of those in the last two weeks and then they can't get to the quarterback again so it's just the same old stuff we've been preaching and talking about, what they what they lack in, they keep doing. But I do have to give them a little credit of only giving up 20 points with that many plays down there in the heat. But just overall, they're just they're not a unit um, that is talented enough. And then what hurts now is you got Kyler Gordon and now Eddie Jackson out. And we talked about in the preseason that who was the depth on the back end? Okay, the back end has got some talent back there, but who's the depth? Well, now they got to play. And we're seeing they're not very good. So, yet. I mean, they're young as can be, but we'll see. Yeah, and even the first, you know, if you look at the first drive, right, it's 38, 30, 11, they convert. Uh, you know, Coach Flues calls two blitzes. The ball actually comes out fast. So now if you're the defensive coordinator, it's like, man, if we sit in coverage, um, they beat us. If we blitz, they beat us. <laughs> so it's kind of what, what, do you, what, what do you call there because – uh, you, you're, 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 you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? So, like you guys are talking about right now, uh, because they don't have someone who can produce pass rush on their own, uh, although there was between Walker and Yannick Ngakwe today a game where he didn't get um, he didn't get Mayfield on the ground. There was a game there that they did produce a little bit of pressure, and when they did get there, uh, Mayfield broke out of the pocket and hit some passes or ran the ball. So, 
Uh, this defense right now, uh, really struggling. Obviously, they give up a ton of points today. Seven of those points were on that, uh, you know, pick six there in the end zone by Barrett, uh, only giving up 20 points, but uh, just can't get off the field, especially in the heat down there in Tampa Bay. And we talked about in the pregame, uh, their lack of pass rush would, would probably lead to them losing the game. You're listening to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. Here on 670, the score, Chicago Sports Radio. Until 5 o'clock, we will be taking your calls. Line them up, 312-644-6767. We'll get your calls and your texts as soon as we get done venting ourselves a little bit. So, guys, I, I look at Baker Mayfield, and I do want to give him credit. He earned it, and I need to give him a little, give him a little bit more respect, respect than maybe I did during the week leading in. He did complete 26 of 34 passes. He did have 317 passing yards with a touchdown. Passer rating 114.5. But I do wonder how much of that – he wasn't sacked. So he, he wasn't no. under pressure. And I, and I just think that – I don't know whether to feel more impressed by what Baker Mayfield did or deflated by the lack of a pass rush by a Bears defense and a, the team that didn't really address their most glaring need last year. They still can't rush the passer. Yeah, and, and he well, missed I guess, a few passes, right? Yes, he, Pat, he, he did. He missed a few passes for touchdowns when guys were open on double moves. Mm-hmm. Uh, they could, they could have put the Bears away, but uh, like this is not right now. Obviously, and if you look at just the piece, if you look at the Bears on paper, Pat, we've talked about many times this year that they had to have four, five, six guys become uh, blue chip type football players, NFL football football players. But I mean, top, you know, one through eight in their position in the NFL. The Bears don't have anybody like that. So this team is not, if they don't make the plays, uh, I think it was the second play of the game, Jaquan Brisker, we talked about, drops the pick six, right? If they don't make those plays, it's an uphill battle to win the game. Yeah, and Olin, he's one of those players you think would ascend to that level. You know, he's a highly drafted guy. Him and Kyler Gordon, unfortunately, is injured. Um, and those are two players you were, you were hoping to make that blue chip leap to get to there. The other thing is Baker Mayfield, the I, what do you guys think? Was it a PI on Mike Evans when he pushed off on yes. Stevenson for the 60 Absolutely. yards? Absolutely. Oh, yeah, so you can take – yeah, that was bad. All right, thank you. I, that was LeBron <laughs> that James pushing off t- yeah, in I the know, lane to bad. size up his mid-range jumper. Yeah. That was a yeah. star getting a call a rookie's never yes. going to get. Yeah, and that's that's another 60 yards padded to his to his stats as well. But, yeah, it's just uh, – Olin, you're right. These guys just – I want to see them make the step. And we talked last year, all right, they're young, they got to get better, and they're not making the step. That, big, that was a huge drop by Brisker early in the game. That was one that the Bears defense, you have opportunities so infrequently that even if it comes on the second snap of the game, you've got to recognize that and seize the moment and then make you know a what, Dave, you know what that does? That brings juice. It does bring juice. Yeah, it it would have brought juice I, they to brought the team. Some juice. I have to say, guys, yeah, after, they, they brought some juice today. They, they had a little mm-hmm. bit of juice and they had a little bit more uh, of awareness of the, of the moment. And even on offense, DJ Moore, the first pass, boom, recognizing you need to get him the ball, and he had a good first series. And then after that, I think Justin Fields settled down or cooled off a little bit, but they did at least come out. They got the message all week long, loud enough as it was. So that's progress, right? I guess. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you know, and even God. Justin Fields beating the blitz early on, right, beating the blitz early on that first drive, hitting more uh, out there on an out route and more turning up for even more yards. So you were just – you just wanted to see more of it. It was just not consistent enough. And this is the kind of team the Chicago Bears are right now. And when you, and when you look at their roster that like we keep talking about, it's the kind of team you expected them to be 
Uh, you were just hoping that their quarterback was going to be a multiplier this year, mm-hmm. and DJ Moore was going to be a multiplier, make everybody around them better football players. We got a full bank of phone lines here. Everybody's calling in. We want to get to those in a moment. But I want to ask you guys one last question before we do get to a break. Olin, obviously, Braxton Jones is somebody you're familiar with and you've been mm-hmm. uh, described as a guy that if you tell him once, he's going to learn a lesson. And, and I think that he, is, he wants to be good, and I think he's committed to being a good professional. But today, I think, again, I'm not sure what you felt but watching him, but he had a tough day, and I just wonder – how much longer can they stay with him? Do you think they're committed to him and where that at all is headed? It, it, it always is the question when people bring up a player, how long do you stay with a player? It's the fact that who is in the building that's going to replace him, right? Mm-hmm. Who are you going to put on the field uh, that's better than Braxton Jones? Uh, the Chicago Bears didn't bring anybody in to challenge for that left tackle job. So uh, if you go to Larry Borum, well, he's shown that they have the same kind of problems, right? So I don't know if they have the opportunity to go away from Braxton Jones. Uh, he's had five penalties, I think, in the first two games, right? So I think they're giving, they're going to give the young tackle uh, time to improve on the first two games he had. And, and he knows, and everybody in there knows that, that you just got to get your hands aside. You got to stop holding guys, and you got to stop the false starts. So th- that is an interesting question to have how long we've talked about how many assets the Chicago Bears, Ian Cunningham, Ryan Poles, the general manager, assistant general manager, how many assets have they put into the offensive line to create competition there Mm -hmm. in case somebody is playing bad? Can you move somebody in? I just think it's really hard, Pat, to develop or hope that your franchise quarterback in his third season develops and you're developing him at the same time you're developing essentially a left tackle those are two premium positions to be developing at the same time because of how one is so related to the other. Yeah, I disagree with the way Ryan Poles has gone about this. That's just Ola knows I'm a former O-lineman, O-lineman at heart. I believe you always build a team inside out. You protect your quarterback first. And if he's that dynamic of an athlete, just make sure you give him protection. He might be able to break something on a run and all that kind of stuff. But I would like to see him be – well, the biggest weakness is him, him in the pocket, right? So why, why didn't they secure the pocket and say, all right, you can learn in a pocket now that you might have a little bit more protection up front, and they didn't do that. It's just... Well, and, and, and to, to your guy's point, it, when, when you say you're developing a left tackle, oh, you're developing a right tackle, you're developing a right guard today, <laughs> yeah. move Lucas Patrick to center. So really that whole offensive line is under construction. Right? Guys who never really played together before, uh, right is a brand new, it's starting his second game in the NFL, right? Baxter Jones... Second year in the NFL, fifth-round pick, playing left tackle. Jatari Carter, I think he was a seventh, sixth or seventh-round pick, uh, starting at right guard, right? So Lucas Patrick comes over from the Packers. I always tell people this. I'm not the one telling you that Lucas Patrick is not, Lucas Patrick is not elite. What the Chicago Bears paid for him is telling you that Lucas Patrick is not elite. The top centers in the league now make $16 million a year. They're paying him $4 million a year. You know what you, you, you get what you pay for in every business. And you got to add Tevin Jenkins to that as well. A young guy who's been mm-hmm. injured, who's not, you know, not a proven, not a proven player. 27-17 was the score. The Bears give up uh, a late pick six. They were had the ball. Two minutes, 24 seconds to go at the seven-yard line. Justin Fields uh, threw a pick six to Shaq Barrett. His second one in two weeks if you're the Bears quarterback. And now the second loss in a row where you leave with a lot of regret and angst. And that's why we're here. 312-644-6767. This is the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tola Mardu. 
We will get to your phone calls. We will get to your text messages. We will get to everyone who has something to say and wants to vent about this latest loss here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and filling in for Mully, David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Dew. The Bears 27-17 losers to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. The Bears drop to 0-2. Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and David Haw here to take your calls and your texts to get your reaction. And the score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Let's start the conversation with Derek in Palatine. Derek, welcome to the postgame show. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. What's on uh, your mind? I'd like, to, I'd like to say, you know, I, I'm the most positive Bears fan that I know. And after the game today, I'm ready. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good to see Bajan out there. Secret Bajan, man! You know, let's do something to mix it up. I'm sick of this indecision. Uh, I know Getsky, Getsky takes some blame, but man, I'm just sick of this. Thanks, Derek. You had me until you started singing. Olin, what do you think? <laughs> uh, I think no. I don't think it's time for Bajan at all. It's uh, at times it's the year to look at Justin Fields and uh, see if he can keep improving, improving and playing better and better football, right? I mean, it's just uh, stop holding on to the ball, stop taking sacks in the pocket, uh, lead your team to victories, make the plays that need to be made. And, and, and we talk about we go through the years of him playing and he does show it. You know, he shows it 
uh, like when he went in six for six, right? He shows it when he rolls out in the second quarter and throws that ball to Cole Komet on the sideline on the boot. That, that looked like a really good pass, and Cole Komet uh, doesn't hold on to it. But And then, you know, eventually, eventually in that same drive in the second quarter, he takes two really bad sacks, Pat, and there's a sack fumble. We almost lose that fumble. We recover it, and we get the field goal out of it. But uh, these are just the, the, the things about Justin Fields. He just gives you just enough to keep you coming back. Yeah, and I, I said I, you know, I'm going to evaluate him hard this year, but you're going to get a lot of calls about Bajan coming in. That's just the way this city r- runs, right? I guess my question is to you guys, if you see this, for how many more weeks could you put up with this? You know what I mean? If you're the general manager, head coach, and you just kind of say, all right, this is who he is. It's a fair question, Pat, but I think the Bears have structured their, their roster. Yeah. So there's no real answer except for you <laughs> stick with Justin Fields. Yeah. I have I, look. I was the leader of the Bajancy. I loved the preseason story. You guys know how much I love that kind of stuff. But Tyson Bajan is not the answer to the problem the Bears face with Justin Fields. Not this year. No. Mm-hmm. Not now. Neither is Nathan Peterman. What the Bears failed to do was back up Justin Fields with somebody who is a competent, experienced NFL starter that you could trust to come in and make the situation better. There's nothing on Tyson Bajan's resume or Nathan Peterman's, for God's sake, that says you're going to get better by making a change. Well, really not with Nathan Peterman, right? We're not going to put Nathan Peterman in there and take a look at him. Some of the things that worried you today, uh, you know, about Justin Fields was they would go, they went no huddle, you know, in the same drive in the second quarter. And it looked like DJ Moore didn't know what play was called, Pat. You know, Mm. that that to me, uh, you were talking about identifying the defense, making guys better, getting everybody on the same page. We all talk about getting more of the ball. Well, uh, we got to make sure he knows the play, right? He, I think he mm-hmm. ran like a speed out and it was looking around like, what the hell was the play, right? So uh, these are things that, it, you know, even though fairly or unfairly, it falls on the quarterback's shoulders. Yep. If you're going no huddle, you need to let everybody know uh, what the play is and especially your star wide receiver should know what the play is. And you hear great quarterbacks talk about ownership of that offense, whether it's Luke Getz, you know, whoever the, the, the coordinator is. They're like, I'm taking ownership of this offense. And only that's a great point. It's his job to get everybody lined up on Sunday as well. I mean, that's just part of mm-hmm. your position. It's the hardest position in all of sports. And that's, that's part of it. You've got to know what all, all other 10 guys are doing. And that is just part of what you've got to do. And if you want to be great, and we hope he is great, He's got to be able to do that on Sundays. Let's go back to the phone lines to talk about this 27-17 loss. Buccaneers over the Bears down in Tampa. Quinn is in Rockford. Good morning, Quinn. I'm sorry. Good afternoon. It's been a long day. What do you say, Quinn? How you doing, man? All right. I was just, I was just saying, uh, the Bears, what if we go 0-7 and then 10 straight? Would that be an acceptable year for you? Because we are looking like we're headed for 0-7, that's for sure. I'm going to hang up and hear your thoughts. I think they're staring at 0-3, guys. Pat, I don't know, 0-7, that seems like a very pessimistic view. I'm not going to deprive anybody uh, the the right to feel as bad as they want to right now, but I don't think 0-7 is necessary to to consider right now. Do you? No, I think I'd be very disappointed. Honestly, I I just kind of look at week to week. I know they have the Chiefs next week, but he talked about winning 10 straight at the end of the year. I would take that. You know what that means? (laughs) All these young guys have stepped up. That they're, now they're becoming blue chippers. They're becoming top eights, top seven guys in the league. That means Justin Fields is playing good football. So if you had to sell me right now, they're going to go 0-7 and then, then win 10 more? Okay. That means they're going in the right direction. I would take that. 
if you would take that, I have a lot more that I would like to sell you because I could make a lot of money if you're that gullible. Right. Okay, but I'm not gullible. I'm just talking well, about the future. Get, if you this give year, us the 10 wins, right? Yes, you give us, you the, get us 10 the 10 wins. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you and the development, that that's is. what I'm saying. That's 10 wins in development. Then you're looking at next year saying, okay, you know, we're, we're going to go back. Everybody's going to talk about it. The, the, the first-round picks they have for next year. And then what can you build on? That means this team has grown. This team is successful mm-hmm. or becoming more successful. So I would take that. Yes, I would take it. Um, oh. Go ahead, it's, it's just that 0-7 would be miserable, right? It would, it would oh. be. <laughs> that, 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 right right now, at 0-2. At 0-2, at 0-2. <laughs> at 0-2, it feels pretty miserable. Oh. It's, it's, it's hard to watch him on 30-13 sit in the pocket stand at the top of the pocket for five and a half seconds and then take a sack and have a fumble. It, it's just, it's hard to watch those things uh, with a young quarterback that you were hoping on was going to improve his game out of the pocket. So uh, that that is, uh, while we watch Justin Fields, I will say this, from my point of view, um, this year, is, it's his year. If he's healthy, he's playing. I don't want to see Bajit. I don't want to see Nick Peterman. I don't want to see anybody else. I want to see if he grows. I want to see if the offense grows around him because then I know what I have to do with my two first-round picks next year. I get I get that. I, I agree with that. You can't bench him. It's ridiculous to consider in my mind. But I want to ask you both probably a difficult question, but at what point do you know about a player, a quarterback specifically? At what point after you know, 27 NFL starts – do you see guys typically in your own experiences change some of the bad habits they may have developed, get better at some of the things that they need to improve on? Um, I, I can't recall anybody, but here, here's one way I would evaluate it. If Getzey has to go back to that offense of him running the ball 15 times a game, that to me is a telltale sign of, hey, he just doesn't have it as an NFL quarterback in the pocket. Maybe you truly have to go to a more of a Lamar Jackson offense where you're you're making that your game plan, and it, that can work. But that tells me you've given up on him from the pocket, reading defenses, and learning, you know, anticipatory throws, and being able to throw the ball on time. Olin, you know, if, if I'm the general manager, Pat, and, and I wonder what you guys would think about this, but the, the only way to truly know is I got to get the OC, I got to get Fields in a room, and I got to know exactly what was asked for him from him on mm. that play. And then I got to put the video on and I got to say, well, well, why aren't you seeing this here? Right. Because I have to have all the information before I make that decision on my quarterback, whether he can or cannot do it. Is it the chicken or is it the egg? This I don't know. What was the offensive line told to do on this play? Why is Justin Fields holding the ball for five seconds? Why doesn't DJ Moore know what route to run? Why isn't he throwing? It looks like the receiver on the right side is open in the middle of the field. Why aren't we throwing? Why aren't we threading a needle there? But then all of a sudden in the, in the fourth quarter, you are threading a needle on these balls. So why is there just some confusion? Why isn't there no consistency there? I need The only way I can get that is I got to get all the information from all the guys who are part of the problem that I am trying to solve. And, and, and whose fault really is it? Back to the Olin, phone. Go ahead. Go real ahead, quick, because I thought Olin made a great point. Putting both guys in a room. Poles can go to Getze and sit there and he can, you know, tell him and sugarcoat everything that Justin should have done this, Justin should have done that. But if you get all three of those in a room, then you get the real, the real thoughts from all, uh, both parties. And maybe you can find something out that maybe it's not working together. And that's, that's a great way to say it, Olin. You put three in a room. You don't just have one-on-one with Justin, one-on-one with Getze. You get them all together and you have a real discussion. Back to the phone lines. What is Paul Greg is- Roman doing? Someone call Greg <laughs> Roman. What's he doing? <laughs> 
He would be a maybe, good guy. Maybe he'll call in here. Is he on the phone line? <laughs> no, Paul from Park Ridges, though. Let's get to Paul. Welcome to the score and the postgame show, Paul. What's up? Hey, great show, guys. Yeah. I mean, hey, Justin's got to be a lot better. Not, not good enough. Um, but I, I got to say, and you know, number one, Luke Getzey, if anybody's talking about how, how, how great Luke Getzey is, I don't know what they're watching. That is, we still haven't thrown the ball downfield in two games, number one. And lack of innovation on offense and lack of why aren't you rolling him out more? The, guy, the guys announcing the game are calling a better game than Luke Getzey is, number one. Number two, Ryan Poles and Cunningham, if you guys are talking to us about being offensive linemen, and I'm talking to two awesome offensive linemen right here on this phone, guys, our offensive and defensive lines are both really bad. And if you don't win on the lines, you're not winning anything. So I, the blame on the offensive line goes squarely on their shoulders. And if our expensive linebackers want to make a play at some point, feel free to do it because I haven't seen it in two weeks. So thanks, guys. Thanks for the phone call, Paul. Olin? Yeah, well, Paul, you know, the, the linebackers not making a play goes back to your first point, right? Um, mm-hmm. The guy's got to keep them off the linebackers. Although I thought uh, for them, the, the three techniques, Pat, I don't know what you thought. I thought they were a little more disruptive today, a little yes. more up the field. I think they were getting coached hard all week on, on getting in the backfield and, and getting some disruption there in the offensive play and, and how they wanted to play in that one gap system. But, uh, you know, to, to his point, we talked about this pregame. We talked about this going to the year. Uh, the Bears don't seem like they're very strong in the trenches. You talk about guys in the top eight in their position. I don't know where you would rank each of the Bears linemen who start at their position, but it probably wouldn't be in the top 12 to 15. So it's just kind of an interesting uh, uh, thing, thing to look at when you look at two guys who were offensive linemen, where they decided to put their assets. Now, they did take right in the first round, and we've talked about before that. He does look like he can ascend to a level where he's playing at a very, very high level of football. To your point about the three technique, Justin Jones had three tackles, two solos. Linebackers were active today. Tremaine Edmonds had 16 tackles, eight solos. T.J. Edwards credited with 12, and five of those were solo tackles. They were on the field a lot, and the Buccaneers did what they wanted. They were gaining yards. They weren't scoring points, but long day for the defense. Yeah, it was. And it just – at least you're seeing – I thought – you know, let's go back to the effort part too because I did see the effort. They, they picked up the juice a little bit. I got to give them credit for that. Um, and, yes, Olin up front, the D-line, I thought they were much, much more disruptive. I talked about in the pregame. I, it was kind of gross of how late they were off the ball. They're off, they're off the ball uh, in their alignment. They look like they, like they got coached up, and they came out and they played a little bit better, but not good enough again just because they don't have the talent. They couldn't get to the quarterback. One yeah, more dis- phone disruptive call. Disruptive on first and second down and not disruptive enough on, on third, third down, right? Like, yeah, the, the, key, like the, the key down. we thought would be – uh, the problem for this team was is finding pass rush on third down, getting off the field. Then they had their injuries. I, mean, I don't know about you guys, but I was going through my roster to try to figure out who was in the Bears secondary. I couldn't tell. Uh, you know, I'm looking. I'm like, you know, 32. Okay, that's Terrell Smith, and I'm looking them up. You know, I got Tyreek Stevenson. I got all these young guys, Quindell Johnson. I got all these young guys out there, and I'm trying to figure out who's out, out on the field. And then you wonder about the pass rush. And, and you saw guys early in the game. They did have a plan to create identification problems for the Buccaneers' yep. offensive line. They were standing, guys. Dominic Robinson was standing up inside. They were trying to figure out the, the uh, Tampa Bay offensive line was trying to figure out who was who. Get on, guys. But when you get all those injuries in the secondary, you've got to dump a lot of that stuff. Yep. Yep. Let's try to squeeze in one more phone call before the break. Josh is in Plainfield. Good afternoon, Josh. How are you? 
I'm all right, fellas. Listen, man, all three of you guys, who are you crapping? Justin Fields sucks, period. Now, mm-hmm. all three of you guys at all, especially you, Olin, I respect you, brother. Mm-hmm. I'm 52 years old. I watch you play. Oh, we got to see him get better and improve. Improve on what? Oh, he sucks. You know it. I know it. Okay, Olin, number 70 on the offensive line, he got a holding penalty. Then the next very play, the guy goes right around him, can't even touch him, and tackles Justin. In the locker room, you would have gave him a smack. Period. End of story. All right? <laughs> they want a new stadium for what? Why do they want a new stadium? To watch this crap? Come on, fellas. Let's, let's just cut the crap. Justin Fields is not getting better. Now, I'm not saying get the, the rookie back in there or get the backups in there because they would have done no better. But, bro, mm-hmm. all three of you, be honest. Mully, mm-hmm. or not Mully, fucking uh, – Hey, hey, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thanks, excited, Josh. Man. Thanks for the phone excited. call. And, and you, you can understand the way he feels mm-hmm. uh, when you watch this team play, the panic, uh, when you watch Justin Fields. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Make those same mistakes that he's been making. And, and, and that's a horrible feeling, right, for, for even guys who do Chicago Bear Radio, for, for the fans who are watching it, uh, you're going to get passionate about what you saw the first two games. We want that passion, 312-644-6767. Keep it clean. We'll talk to you as long as we can. We'll be here until 5 o'clock on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Toller Mardu, Olin Cruz, Patrick Manley, David Haw. Take a break. Come back to your phone calls and your texts right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We're back with more of the Great Clips postgame show. Great Clips, it's going to be great. Presented by Telemore Dew. When it's game time, it's telly time. Now here are your hosts, Olin Krutz, Patrick Manley, and filling in for Mully, David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score. Welcome back to the Great Clips postgame show presented by Telemore Dew right here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I'm David Hall, along with Olin Krutz and Patrick Manley, taking your calls and text 312-644-6767. Olin, anybody on either side of the ball stand out in a positive way to you today before we get back to the phone calls? You know, I thought um, I thought Jatari Carter did, did okay. Did okay going there for his first time uh, playing and, and starting in there. Obviously, DJ Moore is always fun to watch, right? Uh, Rashawn, Rashawn, Rashawn Johnson had that 29-yard run again. Uh, in, over there, I think it was the first or second quarter where they did a little toss out there. And I thought Billings, again, uh, showed up a couple times against the run. And he even showed up against the pass late in the second quarter there on their two-minute drive. He beat the left guard with a good club rip. rip. But uh, other than that, man, uh, no one – but again, no one again, Dave, no one with like a high-level game, right, where you're yeah. looking at it and saying, man, this guy might get some votes for all pro, right? That's what you're looking for. You're looking for – 
are there any guys who are like all pro level when I'm watching them? And I, I don't really think there is, to be honest with you, when I watch those guys. I don't know if Pat sees anybody playing at that level, but I don't for the Chicago Bears. Pat? Well, there would, there would be hope about Brisker. Make that pick, take it to the house, right? But then next thing you know, he's mm-hmm. out of the game because he's ill or whatever, or hurt. I don't know what it was exactly, but... That's quite you know, the dynamic play- warm-up he was doing on the sideline, too. I, I, I saw awesome. Yes, it was. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but uh, Tremaine Edmonds, I thought, played well. I mean, he's not he's not a difference mm-hmm. maker, but he's flying mm-hmm. around. He's got the energy you want. That's, that's you know, it's, a, it's a, a guy you put on tape tomorrow. You're going to be like, man, he plays hard every play. So that's, that's a guy that uh, stands out, but not enough. You know, none of these guys stand out enough. Let's go back yeah, to the score. Listen, there late, late in the uh, third, I think it was third or maybe fourth quarter. Where remember it was like third and four, third and five, and they had four guys out to the right. It seemed like the Bears aligned wrong today. They didn't have enough guys out there covering it. Uh, Baker Mayfield, who was checking all day in yeah. and out of plays, doing a nice job doing with the check with me system, uh, threw it out quick to his running back and got the first down. And some of that, to me, um, is is the guy who has to line the defense up. Pat. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Back to the phone lines. Too. Chris is in Evanston. Chris, welcome to the postgame show. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm going to start off on a positive note. Uh, I'll be happy to come home this weekend. My son is graduating from my Great Lake Naval, and I'm probably going to torture myself man. and take, thank you, thank you, take that drive down to uh, the Chiefs game and uh, see Pat Mahomes put a little exhibition on, on us. But uh, as far as today, uh, I mean, like I say, I've been saying it for three years. I'm not a, a a football expert. I'm just some bum that watches the game. But uh, I don't know what happened today that anybody can sit there and say Justin Fields was anywhere close to being better than anybody on that field. Baker Mayfield's basically been run out the league. Like they said, he's on a one-year contract. He was a professional quarterback, and he outplayed Justin Fields in every aspect of being a quarterback today. You name what you want your quarterback to do, he went out there and did it. And, Olin, I disagree with you on he wasn't under pressure. We just didn't complete the sack. He even beat Justin Fields in getting away from the pressure when he did get pressure. So, for me, I blame the coaches and the GM because last year we went out, we designed runs, we, 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 we catered to make him the best fantasy quarterback ever, and you didn't develop him as a passer. You didn't develop him reading the defense pre- or post-play. And in addition to that, as I've always said, a, quarter, a running quarterback is going to run. Anthony Richardson today, almost twice as big as Justin Fields. Design run, scores a touchdown, concussion. So I don't believe in going back to any so of that garbage. you think Baker Mayfield was under constant role. pressure today? I don't believe About he was under defense? constant pressure. But when he was mm-hmm. under pressure, he was able to safely read it and get away. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Thanks for the phone call, Chris. Appreciate it. Let's go to Steven in Kansas City. Steven, welcome to the postgame show. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, you know, I think I speak for everybody pretty much today that uh, I think the uh, the clock is uh, almost uh, going to strike midnight on uh, Eva Flues, Justin Fields, um, you know, Luke Getze. And, you know, Alan Williams, uh, God bless him, whatever that he is dealing with personally, uh, family-wise. You know, none of the coaching staff has really uh, given us any hope. Uh, What was, um, you know, a difficult season last year, you know, certainly the Bears didn't shoot themselves in the foot with the turnovers, but 
you know, it's ironic that uh, new season, you know, better talent, and uh, uh, the organization has completely reverted uh, back to its, uh, you know, terrible, like, trustman ears. This is, like, really, really turning into, to, to like, a disastrous level that uh, we are witnessing right now. And, you know, if I'm Kevin Warren, I would uh, literally hit the reset button as soon as possible. I just can't see the the Bears getting a new stadium when they on on field product is it's just just as bad and 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 then Warren better make sure that uh, he better pay close attention to you know what's happening on the field you know with the Luke Getzi's uh, screenitis uh, was it just a, a joke today again um, I just don't understand his. Uh, love and purchase for screen games and also taking away his legs. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the phone call. Yeah, there's a lot there. Uh, Patrick, I don't know how tight the connection is between the team president and the number of screen passes called. I, I, I don't know if reset makes <laughs> a whole hope, lot of sense. I hope sense. there isn't. Yeah. I, I do think I understand. I mean, in a different way, but not, not as far as him <laughs> going down there and sitting in game plan meetings. Right. I think what everyone kind of fears after 0-2, and, and, and this is more of a big picture concern, is that this season is going to quickly morph into what last season became yeah. with the big difference of last season. At least there was like this, this anticipation of what could be with Justin Fields. And if you get the number one pick, what you could turn that into. I don't know what the equivalent of that is this season. Let me correct myself. I know what that is, but I don't want to get there yet, even yeah. though people are going to be in a big hurry to start. Yeah, you can't you can't pull the trigger yet. I, I just can't. You know, you want to, and I understand it, and I think people are frustrated because you're seeing a lot of the same problems from last year to this year. We haven't seen much improvement at all. We haven't seen much improvement in the in the players' ability, as in the young players growing as well. And I think that's where the frustration's coming. But I don't think you can pull the trigger yet. Yeah, I just can't get into this uh, everything the Bears are doing wrong as an organization thing, and then. Uh, you know, George, I don't, who knows what George would say about me at the end of the year this time. So I got to wait a little while, at least, you know, week 12 or 13 before we get into uh, this whole, you know, it's time to start all over again. And what have they done wrong? And what is what are they doing wrong as an organization, the way they built this team? And uh, I just, you know, you just wanted right now, week two, can the Chicago Bears get better, right? And, and, and it's both sides of the ball. Can Justin Fields uh, show improvement, get the ball out, not take those sacks that he's been taking, stand in the pocket, see the open receivers, can the Bears' defense, can they, we talked about the interception by Brisker. What about when Jalen Johnson pumped, uh, punched out that fumble, right? And it popped like 30 yards backwards. Can somebody pick that up, get on the ball? And that's two takeaways mm-hmm. that make a big difference in this game. And then maybe we're talking a little differently about this game right now. Let's squeeze in a phone call from Isaac is in Rockford. Isaac, welcome to the Great Cliffs postgame show. Hi, uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, I kind of want to back everybody else. I'm a huge Justin Fields fan. I bought a T-shirt. I was a huge fan when the Bears were, you know, only three wins. But, I mean, he's, he's stunk. He's looked terrible. He, his leg, I haven't even seen him use his legs today, you know, not really. Uh, the, there was one design run that looked terrible for him. Eberflus, uh, this sounds like an NPC, like a like. He has the same lines, hits principle, you know, this and that, and we're going to improve. We need to execute, but I don't see anything. I don't see any improvement. 
you know. Thanks for the phone call, Isaac. I think that I understand that after 0-2, it's very difficult and discouraging that they haven't shown more improvement. But, Patrick, I, I, I'm i curious, like, if you're on this team, if you're on one of these kind of teams, mm. what gets you to work on Monday? What gets you to the film session? I mean, how do you handle this kind of start knowing it's going to create this kind of response? I... It's my answer, and this is the way I went about it. I got a little selfish. What am I doing? That what could I do more? Even just as a long snapper, what could I do more um, to to help out my my right guard, left guard on punt? If we're you know getting you know leakage there, and maybe they're bad punts because of that. Little things like that. I just looked internally to me, what could I do? And then maybe Olin, you can speak about what you did with the O line room and that stuff and what you did. But that's the way I kind of did it. And then I would rally around and try to stay positive. I mean, Olin, we had lockers right next to each other and. You have to be honest, but you also have to be positive that there's 15 more games left in the season that, you know, it's not mm-hmm. completely over. We've still got to go to work, but what can we do? Look at yourself personally. What can you do personally to help this team out? Yeah, it's just uh, it's just the Bears are not playing good football, right? And when mm-hmm. I say the Bears, I mean all of them. I know Justin Fields is the most important position, and no one is sugarcoating the way that he is playing, but I just don't think two games is the time to pull the plug. And here's the thing. Like, like we talked about with uh, Braxton Jones, right? Like you can pull the plug, but who the hell are you putting it in, right? I mean, yep. uh, third and 14 in the third quarter after the fumble, uh, Tyreek Stevenson lets Mike Evans run right by him. Is it time to put a plug on him too? Is it time to put a plug on that whole defense? I, I just, they're not playing good right now. That sits on the head coach's shoulders. That sits on the whole team, the leaders on the team's shoulders to get them moving in the right direction. He's Olin Krutz along with Patrick Manley, and I'm David Hall. We're taking your phone calls, 312-644-6767. Let us know what you think of the Bears' 27-17 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers down in Tampa inside Raymond James Stadium, dropping the Bears to 0-2. Give us your thoughts and your reaction here on the Great Clips postgame show presented by Tullamore Duke. We'll be back right after this on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 